This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast with Justin LaBar. I'm Jonathan Hood. And Justin, boy, we had a busy Sunday. We talked about CM Punk and Seth Rollins, the promo that took place on Monday Night Raw. Learn the lines between reality and fiction. Reality always makes you money. Tony Khan had some comments after the Ring of Honor show that took place in Garland, Texas. Tony Khan's got a lot to learn. His press conferences are the gift that keep on giving to shows like ours. And, of course, we had our Sunday edition of the Busted Open Awards. Some controversy. Match of the Year, Wrestler of the Year, NXT Star of the Year. We had to think, boy, because wrestling in 2023 has been fantastic. It's a great problem to have trying to choose from all that we got to see this year. Thanks for supporting us every Sunday with this edition of the Busted Open Podcast. Justin, there's nothing like uh, a confrontation that's mixed with a lot of reality. Right. And, and so the old Jerry Jerry, for those of you listening in the Memphis area, you know where I'm going with this because Memphis Wrestling Zone, Jerry Jarrett said personal issues draw money. And it is a personal issue in which when Seth Rollins talks about how CM Punk is a is a problem in the locker room and that, like this is your last chance. If it does not work out for you, you're off the main stage because a lot of this reality of what CM Punk went through in AEW has permeated into the WWE because it's like, yeah, we know where you came from. And remember the last time that you were here when you walked out on the company. So that reality is part of this promo and it just brings even more realism to the matchup that we're going to see with Punk and Rollins at some point. What we saw between these two last Monday is exactly what AEW missed out on. They missed out on, okay, we're going to take Punk and then insert, because we could have picked a few people. We're going to take Punk and said person. You guys are going to go out there, and but we're going to do it on purpose. And we're going to, we're going to, we're going to take this to the pay window, as Dusty would say. We're going to, we're going to get money out of this. This is what, you know, WWE knows, CM Punk knows that, that, that there's a, there's a controversy that cannot be ignored that surrounds him. And at this point, it's whether you're a, a casual fan or an internet fan. If you're a casual fan, we're going to bring you up to speed in this promo in, in the way that we want. Uh, if you're an internet fan, you, you already know all the details and more. This was exactly what it should have been. And you're right. It blurs the lines of reality. And that's the best possible situation. And the reason is, is because it takes you to a place then for the payoff that so few others get to go. And what I mean by that is, when these two finally have their match, and it kind of sounds like they're they're positioned for WrestleMania, and it's almost like you, there's no other way to go about it, which we can get into that and Rumble booking here in a little bit. When they finally have their match, all of us are going to be watching that match under a certain microscope. Oh, did you see that strike? That looked a little stiff. Oh, did you see that? I bet you that was a receipt. Oh, did you see that? I think they're starting to go off script. We are going to be watching and taking a ride that we cannot normally take most of the matches. Most other matches as fans, you sit back and you watch it, and you're watching in the context of what they've given you of good guy, bad guy, and you know they're out there working. They're out there working, trusting each other, and they're providing you a match. And that's what we come to expect, and that's what we want for most matches. But this is a match that you're going to get a special little treat with, and you're also going to have it actually too with Nia and Becky Lynch whenever that happens. But you're going to have it here with Punk and Rollins to where we're going to be watching and we're going to be wondering. All right. I'm wondering what the outcome is in the storyline. Who's walking away with the win? Who's walking away potentially with the title? But I'm also I'm also wondering what's going on here between Colby and Phil. Are 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 we still working? Are we shooting? Um, 
you know, I mean, if I'm if I'm these two guys, and hopefully, I I, I would hope that if it's already happened by now, that that Hunter's got him in a room and said, all right, we're, this is how we're moving forward. We're doing business. You all don't have to be best buddies, but we're gonna we're gonna make this happen. If these two guys can get on the same page behind closed doors and do it behind closed doors, sure, sell it to the boys. Don't don't sit next to each other and catering. You know, I mean, don't you know? But if you got if you can get together behind closed doors and agree to do this and make this look good and realize the amount of money you guys have a chance to make here over the next few months. You know, as long as you guys can agree to be on the same page, you know, a little snug here, a little snug there might not be bad as long as you guys are on the same page knowing that it's it's a two-way street and that it's coming. A little trickle of blood here and there might not be the yeah. worst kind of thing. Uh, you know, I know we I know it's against policy these days at WWE anymore to do any blading, as so I'm not suggesting that. But if if you were to so happen to hit me a little bit harder that I would get a little trickle of blood, Jonathan, as you're quoting uh, Jerry Jarrett, what's the other famous quote? Red draws green. Yep. Blood no question makes about it. money. Yeah, no question. What you just laid out is the same thing that we saw with Cena and, and The Rock. Same thing, right? Same scenario in which Cena would really kind of shoot on Rock. Hey, looks like you got wrote your promo in your hand. How about that? How about that, Rock? I mean, for a long time, guy, you're writing your promo on your hand, and it, actually you could see the ink on Rock's hand. That is the truth. And so the Rock thought, okay, why is Cena shooting on me? There's a real dislike. And by the way, we as fans ate it up. Like, oh, these two really don't like each other. Oh, there's really an issue between The Rock and Cena because of ego and because of money and because of brand supremacy and all this other stuff. Oh, there's a problem. And then at the end, it was all squashed and Cena was like, hey, just so you know, when I go on the Tonight Show and shout out on you or when I, those, that promo stuff or everything in ring, it was just us working. He goes, I was just trying to be able to get the most out of this match. And Rock understood. But that same blurring of the lines, I think that we love. I think that we love his fans because we're not sure. There's a lot of things that we're sure about his fans, Justin, but when you get something like this, even if they're working, I'd like to believe that they don't like each other, that it's, especially from Seth. And that, and that fire was able to be lit in Chicago. As soon as CM Punk comes out after the show is over uh, at Survivor Series and the way that Seth was so angry. He's like, what's this music? And this guy's coming out here in this white T-shirt being held back, not by wrestlers, but by Michael Cole and by Corey Graves. And it's just like, oh, that's some realism there. It's, uh, the office is holding them back. <laughs> so, yeah. so, so that kind of realism, I think, gets us going like, do they really like each other? Do they not like each other? I think that that's, that's a sellable moment, I think, for, for the company. Well, it's the magic of WWE being live, right? Because it, it, you truly have the anything can happen. You truly have the I'm going to watch things unfold. Uh, it, you know, it's not, you know, I remember when um, it was big in the news for you know years ago, uh, with the Fast and the Furious franchise that like the Rock and Vin Diesel don't get along and, and mm -hmm. egos or whatever. But at the end of the day, even if they were doing a take and they started brawling on set for real, that cut's never gonna make the final. Security and producers are running and pulling apart <laughs> and buddy whatever. Like it's never gonna make the final cut. But it, but but with WWE. You have Seth Rollins in the ring with CM Punk. We're watching everything live, one take, pal. So it's all going to unfold as it's going to unfold, and that's the beauty: is that the, there is no covering up. Uh, whatever's going to whatever's going to go down in the ring, and Seth Rollins promo. I mean, that was uh, you know he, he, again speaking from some reality, uh, fired heavy on, on Punk, and then I you know look Punk, that was the whole gimmick. It, Punk was supposed to be the one on on the receiving end. He was supposed to be the one uh, to lose that. It would be a promo battle if you want to call it, and and, and, he, and, and, he, and he says so with what we heard there in the audio, which is that's your one. 
There's yeah. your one free shot. Yeah. The next time it's going to get ugly. Uh, did we not get that from Matt Riddle? Was it Matt Riddle and Seth Rollins. Did we not get that? Uh, when they got into the family stuff. Yep. Some realism there, like the side-by-side. They were pretty much mimicking the same scenario that happened in the UFC. And, and again, it was so outside the box for WWE for you know Seth Rollins and Matt Riddle that you think the interview's over, and all of a sudden you know Seth says something completely sideways about Riddle's family, and it looked like it looked real. Riddle is there. It's just like, where are you? I'm looking for you. You remember this, right? Yeah. It's not a fever dream. I remember this, Justin. I'm like, okay. Shit's on now. And again, just that little bit of realism of, yeah, Riddle's going through some issues for real with his family. And Seth brings it up as a story, uh, as a talking point going after Riddle. And it, that kind of same scenario, like, oh, they don't like each other. So when you're in the ring, this is going to be a little bit more than just a wrestling match. Yeah, I mean, the biggest risk at this point, I mean, look, the, 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 the stage is set. It looks like it could be Mania. They, they they reference the title. CM Punk references, you know, I'm gonna, I'm going after one of the Rumble, going after the title. So as soon as you start having baby faces talk about titles, you kind of got to deliver on. So it almost tells me right there they've kind of cemented already in, in in pen, not pencil, that it's going to be these two for that particular title. Um, so the, the the stage is set. The money is there to ready to be count collected and counted. Mm-hmm. The biggest risk they have to worry about, and this is the biggest risk anytime when you do these blurring the lines of reality, is making sure that they stay in the privately agreed upon lanes, right? That's where Brett and Sean would go sideways, right? Oh, I promise we won't talk about this. We won't, we'll only talk about that. And then they go out and <laughs> says that, you know, you, you, as long as they stay within the agreed upon lanes and, and as long as there's, I don't, I don't know what would be, uh, I don't know what would be uh, out of bounds for either. Uh, I mean, you know, we already heard punk before, he, you know, I think under the SmackDown promo, he already said, you know, Seth's not even the you know not even the man in his own household. I mean, so I don't know, I don't know how far we go personally to where you're out of bounds. But as long as they stay within bounds, agreed upon privately, then uh, I mean th- this this is just almost a, a, a can't miss. You know the difference between AEW and WWE in this regard. You hit on it. I just want to accentuate your point a little further. In that you mentioned how AEW cannot make money, whatever, whether that's Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa, whether that is CM Punk and, and whomever, Hangman Page, Kingston, whatever, right? You could not get you know, what happened in Chicago with CM Punk and the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, that brawl-out situation that happened uh, at, the, uh, at the Now Arena. I mean, you have to be able to capitalize on these things. And the difference between the companies is, is that Here's Triple H at the top of the company saying, you know, if, if there is heat or if it's invented heat, whatever, let's put this let's put this in front of the, the public. Let's make money with this. You know, no matter what the outcome is, you'll be richly rewarded by being able to put this in front of people because the Internet wrestling community is talking about it. Just normal wrestling fans are talking about it. I just think that that's that's the difference between the two companies. <laughs> Tony Khan does not have the autonomy or the testicular fortitude to say, hey, let's get this in the ring and I'm booking this. And if you don't book that, then you're against your contract, you know, that kind of thing. And Triple H is just like, here you go. Here's realism. Punk, you are an asshole. You are, you are, you do have issues from time to time. Let's bring that into the story and let's be able to make money with it. There's your difference right there. First off, I love to use the phrase testicular fortitude. Um, you're welcome. And, and you're right. And, and, and yeah, in hindsight, now you look back, you're right. You look back, Tony Khan sitting there at that press conference has Punk is saying all these things. And then we, and then we, what we think we know about what happened moments after that, uh, as they have a brawl, 
in somebody's locker room and all that happens and then all those parties just disappear off of TV for a whole while and we never get and we never get a single payoff at all as an audience out in the AEW ring for AEW to make money off of you, you get all of that that happened all that that happened in the scrum and then post and then the next thing we have in the next show I guess it would have been the next dynamite is like let's let's bring out Orange Cassidy and have him in a wrestling match it's like no 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 don't, tell, him don't to put his hands to... In his, tell him to put his hands in his pocket and turn around and bring out somebody who knows some shit he can tell us what happened <laughs> no. yeah let's not move that's, on that's, so that's, quickly that's, right yeah that's, i get that's, it that's, that's that's tony being blind to being i'm gonna put out a good match i'm gonna put out a good i'm gonna be i'm gonna give people a good rep. nobody wants to see a good for a wrestling match right now we want to know what the hell just happened we want to we want we want some some of that realism to come over to our TV show. Hi, everybody. Christopher Mad Dog Russo here. Familiar? You should be. Well, now you can catch Mad Dog's Daily Bite each day as a podcast where you'll hear my thoughts and opinions on the biggest topics around the world of sports, NFL, baseball, golf, NBA, even the hockey. That you know you can count on. That's Mad Dog's Daily Bite. Drops daily anywhere you get your podcasts. And you can also hear me weekdays 3 to 6 Eastern on Mad Dog Unleashed, Sirius XM Channel 82, or any time on the SXM app. So let me start this way, Justin, when we talk about Tony Khan. I watch ROH Final Battle, and I knew that it was going to be great. I am a, um, a subscriber to WatchROH.com, so I watch a lot of their shows every Thursday. And I knew that this was going to be a terrific card, and it was going to pay off. We got Black Tarus against uh, Vikingo for the... Uh, triple R mega championship. I know that was going to be fine. I knew that Ethan Page being an ROH actually is good for him because he could spread his wings. Taking on Tony Nese in an I quit match. Love that. Love the, the upset of Kyle Fletcher winning Survival of the Fittest. Thought that that was fa- fantastic. Athena's doing her best work in her career uh, right now in ROH. Again, it's behind a paywall. I get it. But still, Athena is ready for the main roster at any time. She's The reason why she's in the main event is because she deserved it. She deserved to be in that spot uh, in a great match against Billy Starks. It really did a, a lot for Billy Starks, but did a lot for Athena as well for the ROH Women's Championship. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Athena. I was a fan of her uh, uh, when she was in WWE as, what was it, Ember, Ember Moon? Ember right? Moon, yeah. Um, big fan of her. So, yeah, I, I agree. I, I'm, I'm happy to see her, you know, walking around with a title. I'm happy to see her getting, you know, getting booked as such, but I agree. Uh, don't. She's not something you need to be keeping a secret behind a paywall. You need to get her out there on Dynamite on Collision uh, to contribute uh, with some of the other female talent you have. She's a top three or top five heel in that company, and maybe top three based on the stuff that she's done. Justin, it's been amazing. Of course, the Jay Briscoe Memorial fight with Odd Honor, again, another terrific match. So uh, what I'm telling you is is that that Wheeler Yuta and so many others that were involved, the final battle was fantastic. So I enjoyed that. That was good wrestling. And then we get to the press, press conference of Tony Khan. And let's talk about Tony Khan. I'm going to, we're going to play a couple of sound bites from Tony Khan because there's a stream of consciousness there from Tony Khan in which we cannot play the entire thing. But we're going to give you some snippets of what he said uh, in his press conference alone. Of course, he's always there with the wrestlers sitting in the middle in the press conferences. But, of course, he always has his own Q&A after everything's done. Let's start first. Tony Khan talks about how people are hating on AEW. To be AEW is to be under constant attack. You do a great show, and the next day somebody's saying something negative. You do five great shows in a row. Somebody says something negative. You break the ticket record for the most tickets ever sold for any wrestling show in the history of the world, and somebody has something bad to say about it. I just, at this point, 
I don't worry about it. We just need to go out and do great shows week after week like we did. We were the number one show on cable this week on Wednesday. We beat every single show on TV on Wednesday out of hundreds and hundreds of shows across hundreds of networks. And uh, we continue doing it, and everybody who works here is going to be in good position. Let me ask you something, Justin Labar. Has Tony Khan ever heard of anything called like a press release? Has he ever heard of the word press release, the term press release, in which everything that he's laid out and more could have been right there on social media or uh, through your email of exactly how well AEW is doing? It's just, it is amazing to me that he has to continue to sell how great, and he used the word great. By the way, if you watch that whole press conference, you heard him say, uh, great, take a drink. You'd be drunk in the first five minutes. Okay, that's one thing. (laughs) Second thing is, is that you don't have to continue to prove to everybody how well the company is doing. But he loves to tell you that the company is doing great. And that's fine. But he talks about people hating on AEW. Could you imagine? Could you imagine in the Jacksonville Jaguars organization, which he works for, where the general manager or Doug Peterson is talking about how everyone's hating on Trevor Lawrence and everyone's hating on the Jaguars because, well, I mean, we're doing well, but everyone's hating on to, to be the Jaguars. I mean, people hate on you. So you just could you imagine that it's social media, man? Everyone is not going to be with you. You just got to keep plowing forward. What is his problem? I think a lot of it comes down to also like what he views as great versus what the general public perception is. Okay. Like we've prayed, we, 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 you and I have been praising. We did, we've done it on this show. We've been doing it for weeks about how, you know, how good the wrestling matches are on collision. Yes. And you know, there could be some great matches does that make it a great show for you and I. It's a more enjoyable show, but like, does that make it a great show when it's getting, you know, less viewership than than dynamite. Does that make it great? You know, you 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 know, he talks about yeah, doing the business they did in London. That is great, but when but but you can't then you can't tout that, but then get mad if you're going to get uh, social media hate as he's referring it, when people are going to screen grab the sliding ticket sales going in decline for the bulk of your other weekly shows. You know, like it. I just think he he's he's so passionate about his product, which which that is great, right? You you love to see, uh, you love to see a, a, any business owner be uh, passionate and supportive and sound like they would they they would they would die on the sword for the company and for the people that are working for them. So I'm not I'm not I'm not dismissing that, but I think you have to keep yourself in perspective of. <laughs> of of what's great, of what's really great, or what's being measured, or what people are you know, is it great? That you ended up losing a talent be, because of several repeat mistakes of not managing a situation, and then and then that talent goes over to your competition and is doing business and greatness that you've never experienced. Is that great? I just think when he just traps himself into this, you know, doesn't take critique real well, uh, speaks as if we'd hear no other. We we never hear Triple H talk like this. We never no. hear Scott Demore talk like this. We would never hear, as you just noted, any one of the thirty-two NFL uh, you know, owners speak like. Like, it just makes it. It just makes you sound less than. It make it makes you. It comes. It comes off as a with a, with a tone of amateur is is the best way that I can I can articulate yes. it. Yes. Don't don't be don't be so whiny, man. I mean, you're in the business for five years. I mean, you've already set the world on fire because you had that big crowd uh, in London. All I know is is that you're not 100% yet because here's how I know. 
your draw 80,000 plus in London. And it, when you came back to Chicago at the now arena in which I was there to see, you drew four, 4,500 people. I was there. I had my own section. I didn't have my own seat. I had my own section. Because the product it has ebbs and flows, and ups and downs. And there's something else he needs to learn too, Justin. The people that criticize you still support you. I mean, you, you can't live in an echo chamber, especially in pro wrestling. You got to understand that, hey, you know what? You might get some criticism, but they're still watching. That's the whole thing. If you ain't, if you ain't got haters, you ain't hot. So the, that's the whole point of it. It's just like you've got to understand, like, you're concerned about what people say on social media. They're still watching. They're still consuming the product because how can they hate on something they can't see? This other thing that Tony, uh, Tony Khan talks about, I, I could have swore this is December, and he's still talking about the turnstile count in London. Listen. I have news for you. When people – the drop count of the show, when people posted uh, the number of people that go through the turnstiles, I've never heard of somebody posting a turnstile count. Which is not, like there's so many ways to get into a show, and there's so many people I talked to that went were that bought tickets that did not have to go through the turnstiles. But take that aside for a second. The turnstile count that is so normal for North American pro sports. Even if it was 73 out of 81, that would be over the average of a sh- of show rate for North American pro sports. So if you take the average like Big Four pro sports game in America. Versus like the tickets purchased and then the people who actually go through the gate, people would talk like that was abnormal or it's like. And so, again, to be AEW, no matter how good you do, there will be people coming for you, gunning for you, because that's what this is. There's a reason that every single person who stepped into my position until now has gone out of business. I'm the only one left. Everybody who has stepped up and put millions of dollars into this and done it week after week. And there's no off season. You do it 52 weeks a year. It's a fight. And, and that's a credit to the fans. I know what it is to be a wrestling fan 52 weeks a year. It's hard. And like, but it's also the most rewarding thing. That's why you can't get away from it for too long. That's why we always come back to it. We're addicted and it's worth the fight. And I love the fight and I'm never going to stop fighting it. No matter what happens, uh, no matter how things change, it's worth it. It's the fight Jim Crockett fought and Vern Gagne and uh, Ted Turner and so many other people that have tried. And God bless them all. And uh, I'm doing this for all of you. And I know uh, all of you are here in spirit. So uh, thank you very much. He's doing it, He's doing it for Vern. He's doing it for Vern. <laughs> Wait just a second. He's doing it for Vern and Jim Crockett? You're here in spirit. I didn't know uh, Jim Crockett dead, but yet he's still in Dallas. He was? Vern Gagne? Really? He is He is Ted picking Turner? up the pieces where Ted Turner left off. He is the last billionaire standing, Jay Hood. Oh, my. And by the way, Tony, Ted Turner's still alive. He's not there in spirit. He actually is in Montana on a ranch someplace enjoying his life. My my whole thing about this, Justin, is, is like this whole – he's still talking about the turnstile count. Wait, you don't play from behind. You had 80,000-plus people there. Who cares how many people was there? But the point is that it was so impressive for that brand to be able to draw that many people. It's great. But he's still concerned about the turnstile count. He has a perception problem. Here's how I know. Watch any dynamite, watch any collision, watch any rampage. You know what the announcer is talking about? How many tickets sold for, for certain events. They already talked about how many tickets are sold. Over 10,000 tickets sold for uh, Sting's last match in Greensboro for Revolution. Why should I care about that? Why, why should I care about how many tickets are sold? Uh, I'll just go online 
and I'll pick up a ticket or two if I want to go. What you, you what you just you're just pretty much flashing everybody saying, "Look how long my schlong is. Look how many tickets I've sold." Why does that matter? What matters is, are you putting out a good product or are you not? That's the bottom line. Why is he so concerned about that? He he doesn't like critic he he doesn't like criticism, and so for all the ang- all the frustration he gets built up for crit- criticism, he that that's that much more fuel of why he's got to tout what they did do here and what they've drawn here rather than just shutting up and just going out and just executing and 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 i just you know i'll say this i'll say this his press conferences for people like us for for our show yeah it's gold it's gold but i have to say his once again he has a wrestling show that he put on friday night and we are spending more time talking about what he elects to say on a live mic after the fact he once again, to an extent, is overshadowing his products. It might be time to stop doing the live mics. It might be time to stop tweeting. I mean, ask Zach. Zach, Zach is a UFC guy. Is there any time that Dana White was complaining about the crowd, the amount of about tickets sold, about turnstile count? No, not concerned about that. And, of course, Triple H and WWE would never talk about that. They would never let it show. But the idea that you're sitting up there frail and just spewing your nonsense into a mic, not necessarily talking about the wrestlers, but talking about how great everything is. Like, like, things might be great. But the point is, though, when you start complaining about turnstile count from months and months ago and talking about people hating on AEW, it makes you look weak. Be strong. Just book good shows, please, and just keep growing. You're a young company. No one expects you to be the WWE today. That's the whole point. It's about growth. WCW wasn't WCW right away. It took time. And so him being concerned about this makes him look weak. Either you lead or get out just like Crockett, just like Ganya, just like you know, the LaBelles, just like the Savoldis, just like everybody else before you. Either you just work with strength and power or get out. That's the point. People are rooting for you, even your haters. You don't get that. The number one pro wrestling show on the planet, Busted Open, is available seven days a week by subscribing and downloading the Busted Open podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. Join me alongside two WWE Hall of Famers, Mark Henry and Bully Ray, the hardcore legend, Tommy Dreamer, plus Thunder Rosa and Mickey James, all week long as we break down everything going on in and out of the ring. Listen to Busted Open right now on the SXM app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome, everyone. We are in our our, our attire. What nice boy, nice black tie with that white uh, tuxedo. That works for you, Labar. That's a great, smart look for you. This is uh, an official David Allen uh, suit here. It's this, this is my guy, David Allen. It's my word. That's what I'm wearing tonight. <laughs> David Allen. Well, give David his suit back. He's probably looking for it. Um. So, so I, I would. That's, that, wanna... that's a real guy. That's that's my guy. He he, he does a lot of the uh, pro wrestlers uh, wardrobes. Yes, I understand. Damn I want to get. I want to go through the uh, 2023 awards with you again. The Sunday edition of the Busted Open Awards. Jonathan and Justin, we have our cards ready to be able to tell us, tell everybody um, what the uh, awards are. Now, I'll start with this category: Match of the Year. Boy, how hard is that? Boy, though, every year that's more and more hard to determine who, the match of the year because there's so much great wrestling out there, Justin. There is so much to choose from. Uh, I mean, and I think, I mean, everything's applicable here. I mean, obviously, you know, we don't want to go pluck in a match of obscurity that only was seen by a thousand people, you know, so I think that comes into consideration. But yes, there is so much wrestling to choose from in 2023. Um, 
and, and it's trying to remember how I felt when I watched said match and you know did it did it did it did it do something to me that like it still resonates to where here we are as we wrap up 2023 that I can select it okay well I'll give you mine okay it was difficult because I was leaning Russell Kingdom 17 Omega Osprey but I'm going to give it to the Iron Man match of MJF against Danielson at Revolution mm-hmm. I mean it's hard to pick one but those are my top two, but I'm going to run with MJF and Danielson. Danielson's had a hell of a year, as we well know, so I'm going to go with that as match of the year, Iron Man match. That's a great choice. So that was in my you know, final selection of who I'm choosing from. I'm going with, again, a match that I remember how I felt, and you know, I, I've seen so much wrestling in, in my 30-plus years of watching that uh, to see a match and and, and just to, to say and I think I probably even tweeted some things of like just what you know oh my god like what a what a ride that was and this is also a match that some thought should have been the main event spot and I even said prior to no I get it but it shouldn't be in the main event because uh, here's the story we have is in the main event and I'm talking about night one from WrestleMania 39 Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair mm-hmm. that match when it concluded. I said to myself, and I tweeted something along the effect, that was one of the greatest matches I've ever seen. And so we saw a lot of great wrestling in 2023, but I still can can remember how I felt watching that match and what I thought was a work of art between those two uh, who went out there and said, we should be the main event. Um, They were not. They were six out of eight, but I call that my match of the year for 2023. Women... Uh, were terrific all across the board. The woman of the year in uh, pro wrestling for you was woman of the year. Um, I, it's hard. I it's hard to go against Rhea Ripley. Yeah, it's hard to go against that dominance. Yeah, I think it's Rhea Ripley, but a close second for me is Athena. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, and, and because her work at ROH has just been tremendous. Again, I mentioned top three, maybe top five heel in the entire company across the board for Athena. I think she's been great. But Rhea Ripley, though, because of the personas, look how she's been able to raise up the, um, you know, the Judgment Day, how really she is the face of the Judgment Day. When she's in there, it's a must watch. And also WWE does a very good job of not wearing, wearing her out where she's on every show wrestling. She's a special attraction too, in some ways, Justin. She is. I mean, uh, I, you know, I, I know that's a turnoff to some people when you look at uh, what the the number of matches she's actually had in her reign. But because she's so prominent on TV, as you said, basically being the de facto leader of this otherwise male faction, uh, it, it kind of disguises and makes you forget. Makes most of us forget, in, anyways. Um, you know, oh, it's been X amount of weeks since she's had a title match. The male wrestler of the year. I cannot deny MJF. He's been. Wow. Champion for the entire year for AEW, uh, every he he is must watch TV and he's not and he's not even been on a Roman Reigns schedule. He is must watch TV and he's on more weeks than he's not. And I just think that the ride that he's took on the the matches and the challengers that he's took on the stories, the way he's evolved, where you know he's evolved to where we thought he was just pretending to be a good guy and we're waiting for him to backstab, and now he truly is the top good guy for AEW. Uh, he you know he is the I, I just I I can't deny that 2023 has been the year of MJF. The I'm going with Seth Rollins as the wrestler of the year um, because whether he's really going through some injury situations or not, he's been the face of that company. He has. There was a time where he was under, undesirable. It was like, oh, he's with Triple H and Stephanie and just like he's like going through a midlife, 
the midlife crisis, something's going on with him. Seth Rollins has been fantastic this year. He's been the wrestler of the year for me in 2023. NXT star of the year. I chose Tiffany Stratton. Uh, she would be, I, I would, I would pick her if you asked me just, just to, to name a female. My overall, I'm going to go with uh, aside from her. I, I, I still look at Braun Breaker. I look at NXT as NXT is there to develop into, into become something. He mission accomplished. He is now something to the point of where we are all. I think at this point we're just counting the days on the calendar until he, re, until he is on Raw or SmackDown. You know, either if not the Rumble, he's a big name that pops up the night after Mania. I think Braun Breaker. He he. You know, when I think of a name who's synonymous with the brand, when I think NXT, I think Braun Breaker. You know, I could have just turned heel and just told you Dom. That would have been great. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you would have. Like, if I could have just turned heel and went Dom or went, like, Becky Lynch, because some of those main roster attractions have gone to NXT and actually made the brand even better. Like, I, you like NXT to be left alone because that's how I that you and I grew up watching it as far as the growth of the company when Triple H was over it. But I understand why, because that really gives a test to the young talent NXT to take on main roster talent and then to see what happens. So I just think and Carmelo Hayes, by the way, is very close. Is a very close second to me. Yes. Uh, I, I think he did well at SmackDown, by the way, Carmelo yes. Hayes. Yeah, I, I mean, again, you can see him. He's fit, he fits the part of, uh, you know, the, this, this is another another NXT success. This guy, him and, and Trick, when it comes down, both. They got, they got long careers ahead of them. Best promo. Boy, that's hard. That's a that's really re- difficult decision. That might be harder than the match yeah, of the year. Yeah. Um, it's <laughs> tough because I know that we're. I know that it's so present of mine. But I, I based upon. I mean, you know, we are still talking. We were talking about Seth and Punk before it even happened. I, I, just, I don't know. Like yes. that, that it's top of mind. We were talking about it before it even happened. Now it's it happened. You know, a week ago. We're still talking about it. Um, you know, like what's the point of a, pro- a promo supposed to set up and sell a match? We don't even know when the match is going to be. We know there's going to be a match, and it's it's like so. It's hard for me to almost right now in this moment to try to find a promo that tops it. You know, I I, I call back to, uh, I mean, MJF's got so many, and so it, within the context, all very good, all very good with Adam Cole at times. But then those, we saw the way things unfortunately kind of fizzled out because of injury. I look at Gunther and Miz, Miz, who I believe should never be anything but a heel. Gunther made me. Feel something for Miz, and I wanted to see Miz actually beat Guther when Guther was cutting the, the promos about how you know how he's a joke and how he's not really respected. So it, it, this one's tough, but I, I again I can't. It's hard for me to top Rollins and Punk right now. It, it, it's so difficult because there's a slew of MJF uh, promos, him by himself or a, 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 against an opponent. <sighs> so I'm going to go with Cody confronting Roman before WrestleMania. And it's hard to quantify because I think that was on a SmackDown. There's another Cody promo where he's there after a match and he's talking about you know finishing the story. There's Cody talking about finishing the story initially when he came to the company in 2023. Um, I I don't know. I just I think Cody Roman the the standoff between the two. I guess that's the best promo. But there's so many others. I hate to omit, but those are the ones that I guess that comes to mind for me. Cody and Roman. And Booker of the Year, I chose T. You chose T? Yeah. Yeah. Booker of the Year is Booker T. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Go to break. Go to break. <laughs> Look at this. Come what on, are you, What man. are you going to shucky-ducky-quack-quack quack next? 
Oh, <laughs> shucky, <that's a> <laughs> oh, shucky. Yeah, I know. Even you didn't see this, folks, because we're on the radio. But Lavar loved that one. He loved that. That was a good dad joke right there, wasn't it? <laughs> you, you, you had me frozen for a minute. Like, what is he saying? Booker I mean, every, every every metric, right? We there's, there's no argument of every metric. You can't argue Triple H, right? Correct. Yep. Correct. There's okay. No doubt. Okay. And, okay. and 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 just because of the of the crap that he's went through. And if people say, what do you mean? It's like this in and out with Vince. You don't know who's really running the company, but Triple H just kept the, the, the rig on the road as much as he could with his ideas. And so for me, that, that is Triple H. That is for sure the booker of the year. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Catch the full three hours of Busted Open every day of the week at 9 a.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation, channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Busted Open Trial to start your free trial today.